Welcome to What's Cooking in Hell's Kitchen, the officially unofficial podcast for Daredevil on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Smelling it? Smelling what's cooking. Smelling what the Punisher's cooking? Smelling like rotten meat district. <laughs> yeah. All the bad shit goes down in the meat packing district. Nothing good happens in no. meat. The, the best case scenario, meat gets packed. <laughs> I think the best case scenario, you come out as a boxing superstar. Frankly. Oh, okay. That's true. A la Rocky. That's true. But, but the rest of it is all bad. Yeah. Uh, Fighting just... out of the meat district, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> he had to, that's a, that's not like as, as like a corner. That's like he actually had to fight his way out of the meat district. Literally, yeah. Uh, so yeah, bust some heads. Uh, so we just watched season two, episode one, called Bang. What'd Why is it called it? Bang? I don't get it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, so I, you know, I was allowed. As as the as, as we got like ten minutes into the episode, I started like, okay, I'm going to have to settle in, and they're clearly going to lay a lot of plot for what's going to happen next. So I'm just going to be patient. And then with about ten minutes to go, it kicked into Daredevil gear, and I was suppressed. I didn't expect that the Punisher and Daredevil would have a meet in the very first episode. Right. I didn't. I'm super happy though. That it happened, and I am too because oh my god, if I had to endure three episodes of you disliking a mystery that you already knew the answer to i was going to lose my mind so it works out for everybody it's going to be it was going to be the first four episodes of fargo all over again what did i say on fargo i just you you hated the fact that everybody was looking for rye and we knew where rye was and what happened right i just don't i just don't think that if you don't do anything with that it doesn't service the viewer and i feel like they kind of fucked that up in this first episode Mm. I think if they had done something interesting with it, maybe uh, it would have worked for me. But I, I as a viewer, and, and maybe this is because I'm connected to the TV stuff because I podcast about it, but uh-huh. I as a viewer knew the Punisher was a single man uh-huh. and that Punisher was not a group or a they. It was a he. So that reveal was not interesting or exciting to watch it kind of unravel. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, what's your stance on like historical fiction then, where you know broadly what's going to happen at beginning or end, and you're just kind of seeing people's reactions to events that you know or or how are going to unfold? I mean, that's how I, I mean, so so you're coming from it from a person who's seen the trailers and all that stuff, but it would be kind of ballsy, and maybe we can get to that in this internet generation, it'd be kind of ballsy to expect every viewer to to know that going in. So a single episode where you spend... Every viewer, yeah, but your intention is to get them to know what the thing is about. Like, all the previews show yeah. the Punisher. But what I'm saying is, like, if 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 a person comes into here, it's like, oh, I binge season one, and I'm ready for season two, I'm going to watch season two, they probably haven't seen all the trailers, and they're this... And, and also, not everyone knows who the Punisher is, and Frank Castle, and I feel like it's fine... I, I, I guess I feel like it's not a big deal to watch other characters struggle through a mystery that I already know the answer to. I, I just wish they would do something for me as a viewer. Like, if, if he were making bad decisions based on that information, mm-hmm. and I was going, oh, God, he's making the wrong choice here. Sure. Uh, that works for me as a in-the-know viewer, whereas it still works for a, a person who doesn't know anything about it. So how would you, I guess, how would you introduce the character of the Punisher? Well, I don't want to spitball a better script than the no, guys who I, spent weeks doing this, I know. but I, I just, I wish there was a little bit more to it. All and right. that's really the only complaint I have with this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, like I said, I'm glad they got to a Punisher Daredevil meet in the first episode because that's over with. 
Yeah. And now it's it seems like it might be balls to the wall. Yeah, it's almost which... like now I'm I'm concerned the other direction. Like this first meeting was so titanic and so brutal and so decisive. Yeah. Like how many more episodes are they gonna clash and how are they gonna keep that fresh and believable? Well, it feels like maybe this taught Daredevil something. I don't I don't know. We haven't seen his reaction. How yet. to catch a bullet. <laughs> in your teeth? Did he catch it in his teeth? So I'm a, you want to hear a theory? Uh Okay. I feel like because we tried to watch this a bunch of times and they cut it so quick and you can't really frame by frame Netflix, at least I don't know a way to do it. You're talking about the very end when he the shoots very end. Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, is I feel like that we're going to find out that Matt put his hand up in, in, in reflex, and also because he's a badass, the mm-hmm. bullet went through that layer of Kevlar and armor, and it slowed in and his hand. Yeah. And it slowed the it, it enough that it it didn't didn't make it through his helmet. It, that sounds right. I mean, they made a lot of to do about body armor in this episode. Foggy yes. mentions it. They. Cop rolls a guy over and says, body armor thick as my dick, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's the thing, like, Fra- yeah, that's Frank's, I, I, if Frank's got a rifle that does that, fine, but his fucking handgun's not going to go yes. through that kind of body armor. And, and right. maybe it's a super powerful Punisher bullet, but, and <laughs> sure. it, it can get through a person's, but yeah, I think that's how it's going to go down. Because they Seems very like clearly it. showed Matt raising his hand right into the line of fire, but also, it does seem like he got hit in the head, and... You know, uh, did he get a concussed from that? Is he going to be, like, more or less fully functional? Is he going to be able to grab onto a building? And, I mean, I don't think they're going to end uh, start Episode 2 with Daredevil being dead. No, And of it's now not. the the Frank Castle show. But, I mean... Yeah, but I do think it taught him something, right? He went up against the Punisher, didn't really yeah. realize what he was going up against, yeah. and he's like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> um, he got his ass sort of beat at the beginning. Sure, and that was kind of surprising. That that really shows you what a badass uh, Frank Castle is. Now, yeah. I guess just us mentioning his name and uh, his his moniker is somewhat of a spoiler. Okay, but right. that's all we're going. You know, we talked about in a preview podcast, and you know, like if you know about the Punisher, then you know about the Punisher. If you don't, well, buckle up. You're about to find out. Um, I'm not going to give like I'm it doesn't not going... spoil the plot at all. No, and 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 who knows? That's the beauty of the Marvel universe Mm -hmm. is you can play a lot with a character's origins and backstories and motivation and and what what events shapes you know because you got you got captain america was born in world war ii and he's still relevant in 2016 yeah um and you got spider-man who's had like you know gone through several different origin stories and not to mention the, the tangled convoluted history of like deadpool and wolverine so who really knows? Like they really got a blank slate to define exactly what they want with this Punisher played by John Bernthal, which we didn't really get a good many good clear shots at him. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was uh, a force of nature. Yeah, it felt uh, real scary when he walks into, especially that hospital. Oh, and that like time. the way he disarms that cop just. Brutally huh. and casually, and then like with that smooth motion, throws his handgun into the wastebasket. Mm-hmm. It just was I, the choreography on the show is so tight. It is, yeah. The, the fight scene that ensues afterward is also uh, equally amazing. So we uh, should we should probably back up a little bit and talk yeah. about the step now that we've you know talked about the money shots in the episode. Uh, they established a couple things that it is super hot 
and Hell's Kitchen. Over 100 degrees all day, every day. And you can see, you know, a lot of main characters are mostly foggy, actually, uh, is getting all pity and sweaty. Yeah. Uh, the you know, Matt Murdock is cool, so of course he doesn't. And, you know, Karen's not running around like a sweaty horse, but it's mostly foggy. Foggy is fat and chubby and down on his luck with women, and he's sweating up a storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this works as a metaphor level, right? That they're turning up the heat in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, that that daredevil, you know, that the w- Fisk is still in custody, and uh, there's this big power vacuum, and the the dogs of is it the dogs of war? Uh, dogs of dogs hell. of hell. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense because they're in Hell's Kitchen. The dogs of hell, a motorcycle gang, the Irish soccer hooligans, dog are, fight gang, dog yeah. fighting gang. It's all about dogs. It's dogs and hell and some combination there. Dogs and heat and. I do like how they maybe they the devil dogs. Uh, uh, Frank Castle's a former marine. You got the devil dogs in there. It's just it's just all a bunch of hell themed canines, and and they're they're coming to blows in Hell's Kitchen. Um, I, I do like in the beginning where they talk about how hot it is and the heat wave yeah. and stuff. They also have like a lot of people arguing and shouting, and it shows you that you know the tensions are rising because when it gets real hot sure. like that, sure. that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so I also liked how they show how Foggy and Matt's relationship has continued to develop. That mm. you know, Foggy is really worried about Matt, mm-hmm. but kind of resigned that he's going to do what he's going to do. But also emboldened to maybe go a little further than he would if he was just if him and Matt were just lawyers. Do you think that he goes to the Dogs of Hell's lair and calls out their leadership, demanding hmm. to talk to Schmitty? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not if he doesn't have Matt on his side and doesn't know who Matt is. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I feel like maybe Foggy would be, well, we do what we do, but what are you going to do? But now that he sees his buddy is like, hey, remember that uh, one girl who you wanted to send to the women's shelter? Well, (laughs) she was going to get chopped to pieces except for I came in there. Uh, the, I thought that was an interesting touch. He broke both the dude's arms, left him in traction, and pinned the restraining order to his chest. Uh Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? Kind of, I mean, that's his I, calling card. Well, I'm just thinking, like, legal surely, documents. Surely the police were called, the emergency uh-huh. services were called, and they see this legal document from the law offices of Nelson and Murdoch, <laughs> uh-huh. and you start making connections. Like, is that the smartest thing in the world to do? No, no, it's certainly not. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like. Okay, maybe uh, you beat the shit out of him, and then the next morning you show up as her lawyer and say, this is your restraining uh, order, mm-hmm. asshole, and serve him in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Pin it to that. That's a little little Rorschach-y. It is. Normally, Except when you it, leave a calling card, you don't sign it. it. It'd be like if Rorschach is pinning that shit to people, and he also has a Rorschach Industries you know, in the meatpacking district. <laughs> right, with, right. With that symbol, like, as his, you know, shingle outside his door. It's like, don't do not don't do that, Matt. What the hell? You're uh, a lawyer. You're supposed to be smarter than that. Uh, there, there's also, when they're talking about this this new girl that he's dating, or or went out on a date with and is mm-hmm. no longer dating. Yeah. She, got, she gave got, him the she hug. and the, like a cousin. I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Fog, Foggy's always funny. I like yeah. him. He's great. Uh, but he's he told Karen that Matt has a drinking problem. That yes, and then later in this episode they go to the bar and he's drinking a beer and Karen doesn't say anything about uh, it, which well, yeah. is a little surprising to me. Like she doesn't even like raise an eyebrow. Yeah, that this man with a drinking problem is now out with him at a bar drinking. <laughs> uh, they do kind of play that oddly for laughs. 
Yeah. Do you think that that's... Do you, I, I wonder if we're supposed to understand that that's Foggy kind of busting Matt's balls. Like, Maybe, if you don't, yeah. If you don't figure out a way to better sit... I'm going to start telling wild, crazy rumors. It could be. Certainly. Um, because Matt Treat is like, oh, that'll, you know, that's a terrible story. Uh-huh. It's like, well, what do you want me to tell you? Dress up like a devil and beat people up at night? Okay, that works. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. going out and beating people up at night, when does this man sleep? Okay, so I have this theory, right? Okay. Uh, that there's like a core crime time in the city. Crime time, yeah. Crime time. Uh, and it's got a, it's like nobody commits crime before like two o'clock in the morning yeah like that seems like that's what they always tell nfl rookies if you're smart like nothing yeah. good happens after 1 a.m like if you you know that's right. it's, it's you always get in trouble trying to chase tonight because then you start getting involved in all the other ne'er-do-well elements yep so i'm th- i'm thinking that uh you know matt works in the office till six or seven goes home he, we the, the big problem is he never goes out with them right right so he goes so home he power naps until midnight one o'clock wakes up beats beat the shit out of people and then probably sluices okay. the blood off his body puts on a suit and goes that's i so think- his schedule is 2 a.m to 5 p.m yeah and then he sleeps the rest of the day yeah i, I could buy that yeah yeah because I, I just i feel like that most of the the really sh- terrible crime must happen in the wee hours of the morning probably yeah um i mean under the cover of darkness. i'm sure that's not universally true i'm sure there's a lot of stuff happening but, but if you're going for the if you're playing the percentages yeah i think as a superhero who can't be everywhere at once yeah you yeah, gotta you, you gotta that. you gotta go at the worst parts you know mm-hmm. daylight obviously you know crime happens during the day but uh not the kind of stuff that he's he's familiar with Speaking of crime, concentrated on this this burglary that that we start off with is meant to show uh, Daredevil doing his thing, yeah. show us that he's he's out there now, uh, kicking ass, taking names, but not killing people. It's supposed to be juxtaposed against this very violent shootout uh, at the Irish Club, sure, uh, which is like the next scene. The very uh, ill-conceived plan for escape at this burglary. Can I just say, <laughs> just we're just going to hoof it. it. Yeah. We're going to steal these cases and we're going to hoof it. I mean, I guess you, you, they could have shown us where uh, they they tried to get out, out of the car, but they picked a shitty car and it wouldn't start <laughs> or I don't know. Right. And I'm not complaining too much about it. I just yeah. noticed it and it was kind of funny. Yeah. Like these guys. I mean, this is like. Uh, I believe that criminals would be just dumb. This is a also. scene from another era, though. Like dudes in ski masks running on foot with with pistols and suitcases. Uh huh. Like it's very almost quaint. Like that's something that would be just at home in an eighties. Yeah, a uh, heist movie. It's exactly sure. exactly. Uh, the other uh, big development is that uh, we see that Nelson and Murdoch is out of money. Right. Which I wonder is if that's. Because I'm all for this show, if it needs to take a breather, take a breather by going into the mundane. The law. Yeah, just like the day-to-day. I mean, I'm saying I want to see a three-episode arc of them just, you know, paying their bills and stuff like that. But I think some of the, you know, Matt being a lawyer is kind of interesting, too. Yeah, and if they can mix it with some high-stakes stuff, like maybe a case that depends on him being both Daredevil and also Matt Murdock, lawyer. Yeah, uh, Esquire. Maybe they could do something interesting. It would be funny though if if Matt starts rationalizing. It's like you know, Daredevil does provide an exclusive and prestigious service to the city of of lowering the crime. And, and can we put a dollar figure on that? I mean, it's 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 not like the city can can have a special tax district or, or raise a levy for Daredevil services. So like, what's to say? 
if ten thousand dollars goes missing out of uh, you know a bank ah, truck, that's okay. like he needs to start skimming right for his resources. Right. One for me, one for you. <laughs> you know, he goes in hand with his drinking problem. He's you know he's in his cups and he starts thinking. You know, if you really think about it, I, I'm an extension of law enforcement, and they you know they they get tax money. Why why don't I get tax money? Right. Uh, w- let's talk about this. Uh, the bat and it doesn't help that they're getting paid in like chickens and pies, bananas and banana. Banana, fuck they you. They go the, bad. Like that's what I'm saying. The guy that is paying you two crates of bananas is just pissing in your mouth <laughs> because those bananas, like you, a, a pound of bananas, is like thirty nine cents. Right. This guy owns right. a fruit stand and he's giving you the least desirable fruit and so much. What the fuck are you going to do with two cases of bananas before they go bad? You got to eat like a maniac. I mean, <sighs> you got to just plow through those bananas. You're right. I didn't think about how cheap I bananas like you'd are. I you'd get banana-based dysentery if you ate that much. <laughs> like, it's just going to come out of you like a slurry. Uh-huh. That's not a good scene. Over over potassium, potassiumate <laughs> yeah. your blood. Uh, that's yeah. not a word, but... Yeah, it's going to make Debran wool skin yellow and her eyes orange. No one wants to see that. Um, nope. But the the actual assault on the Irish gang in Hell's Kitchen I thought was pretty pretty nice. Because they set you up like you think this is going to be, oh, this is going to be, uh, you know, a Robert De Niro scene from The Untouchables. This is going to be this guy who's going to beat to death. The and then they do all the same notes. You think it's going to be the young punk who's got the drink, you know, that's, that's had too much to drink, but it's actually the old... Old war horse who's turned right. traitor on him, and he was gonna beat him, but yeah, yeah, didn't get a chance. Um, although it'd be funny if, like, the, the uh, I assume that this is the Punisher, uh, if he's outside and he's like, I'm gonna let him beat him in the head a couple times before I <laughs> take the, take yeah. him out. But it's a brutal strike, and um, it's it's something like right out of the Punisher War Journal, like just people blood going everywhere and full body explosions and. <laughs> I quite like the giant, like, soup can size hole that they, oh. they blew through to one guy. Uh, uh, what do you think about this this rivalry, this uh, this kind of intrigue within the gang here? Like, I know there's all a lot of them of... get blown away, but it sets up potential conflict between the, a lot of different factions. And there's a lot of hints and clues. Like, mm-hmm. the one guy who was the traitor, I understood from Matt's eavesdropping on the investigation, was wearing a bulletproof vest. Right. Which would be very unusual to do on a very hot night when you're going to a friendly environment. Mm-hmm. Also, as soon as the Punisher gets done killing everybody, that guy's cell phone goes off. Yes. Which means, I don't think it's the Punisher. My first thought is like, what well, did the Punisher tell him I'm on a clean house, wear a bulletproof vest, and you'll be fine? But then or I'm maybe like, he was, why, yeah. would, why would hmm. the Punisher call him right after he killed everybody? Like that, So it's like, there's if a third... If he intended to kill him, yeah, what's the point? There's a third element here that we have not been introduced to. Um, and I think, right. you know, I, 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 I never know whether they intend us to catch all these clues and know that or whether this is like, oh, did I just pick up the first of the three-step reveal? Um, I think so. But yeah, I don't know what it's about, but I, I, did, I did notice that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lone survivor, and he goes to meet Matt and Karen and Froggy... Uh, at the bar, and there's a scene where like Matt thinks he might be there to clean house, and it just turns out he needs mm-hmm. legal protection. He wants to trade the information that he knows to the DA for wit- a witness protection deal because he's in a situation where some ruthless gang is out to kill him, uh, and also all of his people, since he's the lone survivor, are going to think that he is a rat. 
right uh and or a traitor so he needs he needs this protection and he knows that uh matt and foggy have this sterling reputation for putting away fisk and for being morally upstanding and he appeals to them to kind of negotiate on his behalf Mm -hmm. he also keels over because i guess he's uh, he, he got he got wounded in his lone surviving. Yep. Uh, he also had a, a, a throwaway line where he says, "I can barely pay your fee," which I don't I don't know why they threw that in there. And it's pretty much par for the course for them. And I, maybe it's because they're were they concerned that us as the audience would see this as Matt being mm. desperate because of the previous scene establishing their heart up for money. Whereas when right. he says, I can barely pay your fee, and the way his eyes were shifty, I think is to suggest that he cannot pay their fee. Gotcha. And, and that Matt knows that, and Matt, he's going to take it anyway. Yeah. So it, it kind of, a, it, the Matt's trying to do, like, it's a, they're so concerned with us seeing him as a good guy that they can't even let a little bit of, oh, is there a financial motivation here? And I think him doing his lie detector thing on the guy also helps that, because then you see that he's really sure. trying to judge whether or not this guy is being honest with him. Uh and when he finds out that he is, they they kind of agree. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Although I actually I don't know if they agree before he keels over, but once he keels over, I think they agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's uh, something else that Matt overhears when he's listening to this investigation of this uh, uh, this, yeah. this bar getting shot up is that the dogs of hell got hit, and this was an even a worse hit. So that may, gives him something to investigate. And also, Foggy offers to help because I guess he went to school with the Dog of Hell back in Smitty. third grade. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Meanwhile, Karen takes Gr- Grotto, which is this Irish thug's name, uh, to the hospital, mm-hmm. and she spins the story about them being star-crossed Irish lovers, and this guy got into a bar fight and he got stabbed with the bar- beer bottle. I guess my question is. How if 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 she if she did this as well as she did, how did the Punisher find them? How did Frank Castle? Uh, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you, but it or, didn't really imply... bother me because you know superheroes always have their methods. Well, but I, their ways. I'm trying to see: is there an implication that Frank has been following them, Maybe. and that implication means that he knows they're working with Foggy and Matt, and that implication might mean that he can figure out who Daredevil is quicker than we'd expect. Yeah, could Because be. he already has kind of like a, a, a little tabs on these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would expect the same of Daredevil, right? Like, he's gonna now that he's seen this guy, he's probably gonna know a lot more about him very soon. Man, I was thinking, because when he first woke up and he was in this, hosp- the, this hospital bed, but it was definitely a hospital bed, but it was very dark. Mm-hmm. And I thought that maybe Karen had taken her to Rosario, taken him to Rosario Darth, right? Yeah, to Claire. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, how does she know about Claire? Did Matt tell her about Claire? Does, <laughs> and, and then it's like, no, I guess it's just a really dark hospital room. Right. You know, turn, she, she goes in, she wants to get a little shut eye, she turns the lights down. Because that would be interesting if Claire started like some kind of night clinic that's like an off the books thing that just caters to the Jessica Jones and the Matt. Mm-hmm. The, the Matt Murdochs and their intended needs that they get into when they're up to these hijinks. <laughs> Superhero hospital. <laughs> yeah, well, and not just that, but like, you know, I need this super, I need this villain patched up and I can't take him to the hospital because then the cops would have him and they're just going to fuck things up. So I, need I think this it's guy. a good spinoff, you know? We don't have enough spinoffs in this series, in this in this world. We need Superhero Hospital. Superhero ER? Yeah. S H E R? Sure. Sure. 
That's is that the acronym or is that you saying good? Good S H E R good idea. Sure. Oh, that's a hell of an acronym. And you know what, Rosario Dawson strikes me. She's got the look of like a season two ER player. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you put her in scrubs, sure. Yeah. I, I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's got that that like she's completely believable in that role. Right, like like someone really beautiful that you're trying to dress down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when they'd have uh what was that uh who's the girl that's on a good wife? I can never remember her name. I don't know her name, but I know. It's who just you're... a bunch of M words with some gills and Margula Google Google Goo. <laughs> Margaret Martindale, Martin, Martin, Michelle Magoogaloo, I uh-huh. think is her name. That's her name. Yeah. Uh, she's got the really thick, dark hair. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the same. Yeah. It's like, you know, she's just a nurse. Yeah. She's not this super beautiful woman. <laughs> right. D- and, and George Clooney, he's just a doctor. Uh-huh. He's not like a dev. No, like Wiley. Sure. Stick him in scrubs. Sure. Yeah. He's a first year <laughs> medical resident. What the right. hell? What, 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 what do you got? What do, what do you want from me? Uh, so. Daredevil decides to pay a visit to this arms dealer he knows because mm-hmm. he hears high caliber military grade weapons and he goes to this guy selling sawed off shotguns, whatever. Yeah, he says his name, but I don't remember what it was. Yep, man, I wonder if we'll see him again. Uh, yes, I think so. They they made him out to be kind of a go to. Uh, so uh, he's <laughs> pretty funny scene because he's trying to sell these guys on pump action sawed off shotguns to fight against the Punisher, which you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but Daredevil comes in his opening move is to slam the guy's hands in his own trunk. Ouch! Which pretty choice. And I realize in the scene what's bugging me about the Daredevil's mask. They've molded his eyes to be squinty. <laughs> Like his his <laughs> eyes right. are narrowed, but they read to me as stoned. <laughs> because the lid, it's Stone like they're, they're not narrowed in the way Batman's are. Like they're just like mm-hmm. literally like they're molded in like you can see his fucking eyelids are molded <laughs> on top of the shiny red shit, and it gives him <laughs> a very like he's crawled into teepee and he's puffed on the peace pipe a bit. Wow, I didn't notice, but I'll have to check that out. That's what I just realized, and it's like that's what's. That's what's bugging me. His mm. squinty eyes are really, really not not doing it. Especially since, like, if it was any other superhero, those red things would be gone, and you just see his real eyes underneath it. Yeah, of course. But the squint with the mirrored surfaces—it's it's blowing my mind, man. I don't know. Uh, what were we talking about? We're talking about this guy who got his uh, hands destroyed. Yeah. Um. And then they, they, you know, they tell us things that Matt probably should have already known at this point. Like, hey, you took down all the controlling criminals, and what do you think is going to happen? There's a massive gang war. Uh, he speculates that there's a cartel out of Juarez that's bringing heavy-duty military-grade hardware in the meatpacking district. Mm-hmm. As we discussed, nothing good happens in the meatpacking district. Um, at the same time, Foggy goes to the Dogs of Hell to see Schmitty, who is dead. Uh, he's and, and he got killed in the raid, right? I don't know. I don't know who Smitty was. Well, the thing is, the thing, the only thing that frustrated me is that everything that Matt and Foggy finds out in their expeditions are things that they already kind of knew from the police investigation. Okay, they knew about the dogs of hell, I guess. And the fact that there was a hit, like he, it's like, oh well, we were on a heist and we got hit and we got hit hard and spinning. But like, what, what of that information is actually useful? 
Right. Where is that going to lead him? Yeah, because you already knew like the dogs of well were hit in a similar mat fashion, but but slightly less severe fashion than the Irish gang. So mm-hmm. what? Where does it go to next? Where I guess Matt at least gets to meet Packing District out of the deal. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to Meat Packing District, and there are a lot of dead guys put up on meat hooks, which is always a horrifying scene. One of them is still a lot, and so there's there's this thing where Daredevil's walking through these frozen or chilled lines of you know the, uh, of, of pig carcasses and cow carcasses, whatever meat, hanging meat, mm-hmm. hanging meat. That's what the title of this podcast should have been. Wow, uh, and I'm like. Can we agree, I was talking to you, like, can we agree that if anyone ever sneaks up on a daredevil, like if some dude pops out in the middle of these frozen cows and starts pounding them in his ribs, that we can call bullshit? <laughs> Rocky <this> jumps out. <laughs> Sylvester yeah. Stallone starts busting choo, choo, him up. Choo. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought, <laughs> no, I just thought you were pig. That's right. right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he can't be snuck up on. This guy can hear a man's heart beating in a noisy bar. Uh-huh. And, and I get it's like he has to focus, but he if he he's clearly going to be stretching his senses as he's creeping through this thing. Yeah, and I'm like, See, that's where you get him. You you have like a vavuzela or something, <laughs> sure, and you wait for him to like reach out and try and just like scan the area. Mm-hmm. Then you hit him with a you a don't... loud soccer hooligan yell and yeah, yeah. come charging. Have one of those air horn things. Yeah, but so that doesn't happen. But he gets within six feet of a guy who's still breathing and mm-hmm. is, which means his heart's beating. And it kind of startles him. Like, oh, my God, this guy's still alive. Like, what the fuck? Matt should have known that 60 feet ago. Right. right. And I, I swear to God, I will turn on the show so fast. Maybe his heart wasn't beating for a minute. What? <laughs> Daredevil's uh, appearance rescued and got him back to life? Or, or you know, like just he's he's clearly in a, a bad way here. So maybe maybe his body's shutting down. I guess if he's practicing some kind of Eastern medicine to where he's reduced his heart rate to give him the best chance to survive. Like, yeah. And it's cold in there. Sure. His body's gone into hibernation. I don't know. I'm making excuses, but I, I get your point. It's... But I'm saying is like if I if there's ever a scene where where Daredevil is creeping down a dark hallway and he is startled yeah. by something that's not a ghost, I will allow <laughs> ghosts or zombies or uh, like a Solomon Grundy. Or a Prius, maybe. I won't those, allow those Solomon Grundy because he's on D.C., but, like, something like that. Uh, okay. If he's ever surprised by something that's not that, – that, that, that has a heartbeat, I'm going to be like, fuck, this is bullshit. Right. In the right context, though, right? I mean, if he's distracted, okay, I, sure, I, would, I'll I would buy that. But yeah. if he's creeping down a hallway, my thought is if I'm a guy with supernatural senses, I'm going to have those things on full blast. Yeah. To try I'm going to be sniffing around for cologne. No one should halls. ever get the jump. Yeah, and we know yeah. that he can do these things. Right. He can smell cologne from six floors down in Rosario's apartment, you know, and God knows what people are cooking in that building. Right. They're boiling cabbage. They're making head mush. Who knows? <laughs> Probably some meth. <laughs> Probably all of the above. It's, it's Hell's Kitchen. It's and hot. he picks out this guy wearing Stetson. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so we learned from this guy with. Um, that's hanging on a meat hook, that it's not a they, it's a him. Which we already knew. Uh, and then that leads to the Punisher scene that we already talked about. Yeah, that the d- great choreography. I mean, it's you know, it's not episode two of last season quite, right. but it is a good fight. It's a good fight. Yeah. Do you think that... Are you surprised that the pun? Why do you think the Punisher was able to hand Daredevil his ass? I think he surprised him. I think Daredevil's used to Daredevil, a one-man Daredevil fight just a, kicking his ass. Daredevil sees a guy in a black trench coat with a gun, and he's like, oh, I'm going to... It's like, you yeah. know... It, 
because the 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 red ninja last season that was a prolonged fight that Matt eventually won. But right. like, is the Punisher as good a hand to hand combatant as that guy, or do you really do think it's an element of surprise? Uh, I, it might be both. I mean, the Punisher might just be that good. I I get the impression that he has military training. If yes. he's got all this hardware, knows how to use it. Yeah. He's very well trained militarily, um, and that probably includes hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm willing to buy that Punisher is just a really good fighter. And also, to be fair, Daredevil picked himself up, spat out some blood, and then handed to Punisher his ass. True. The only very way true. he won is with the, with his uh, holdout gun. Yeah. Well, you know, brought a gun to a fist fight. <laughs> it's arguable that Daredevil is cheating because he's got radar. <laughs> And he did kind of take a sucker kick, too, <laughs> at the very so, beginning. Well, he did give him... Oh, yeah, on the very beginning. But in yeah. the second round, he did the gentleman thing by giving a battle cry about two seconds before he struck. So That's right. Frank would have a chance to, to avoid getting the drop on, uh, put on him. Uh, yeah, there you go. Bang. Yeah, round, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it got off to as quick of a start as it did. Because I could have seen it, it drawing out a little bit more and them wasting more of my time with this he or they thing. Yeah. And I would have really been bummed. But now it's uh, all bets are off and I'm excited about it. So did you read Alan Seppenwall's review after seeing, I think, the first six episodes? No. Alan Seppenwall says that the John Bernthal's uh, Punisher is electrifying. But his complaint is that Daredevil and Matt Murdock specifically are boring. Huh. And and this is something that he said from season one, which so I didn't agree with. I didn't think that Matt and Daredevil, the character, was boring when he's and, and yeah. specifically boring when he's not throwing punches. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that uh, the 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 John Bernthal's Punisher blows him off the screen, which I'm fine with. Like if if you got this this you know I'm I'm a big fan of of Ber- Mr. Bernthal mm-hmm. uh, from Walking Dead and from. A lot of uh, movies he's been in that I've liked. Yeah, he was wasn't he in Wolf, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street? Street? He was he's also in he's just, some drug drug movie that I can't remember the name of with The Rock. Yeah, he was he, great in that. He also played a lawyer on uh, Show Me a Hero, which was right. kind of a different side of him. Yeah. So, and I can see him like if you imagine him a little bit more like a more in control psychotic Shane from The Walking Dead. Like uh-huh. that's essentially what you want from The Punisher. Yeah. So I can see him blowing Daredevil off the stage and i'm i'm fine with that but i guess i never agreed with seppenwall's analysis that that matt murdoch and daredevil was boring when they weren't throwing punches but i i okay. liked um, I, what's that guy's name charlie the guy that plays daredevil is it cox it's yeah i actually like him as an actor maybe more than seppenwall does because i thought he was great in uh i believe it was season three of boardwalk empire he plays a starring oh, yeah. role in that too he was like nucky's yeah. right hand irish man Huh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be a problem because I view them. I from what I know of this second season, I I think the core tension that they kind of set up in the beginning is going to carry through. Where Daredevil doesn't want to kill people, yeah. uh, the Punisher does, and that's an interesting dynamic. And as long as they're holding up their ends of that, I'm probably okay with it. Yeah, Daredevil's boring because he doesn't fire guns and kill people and get up to all these crazy antics, but... Yeah. I mean, he's a lawyer, so he's I a little... I also got the impression from Seppenwall's review that he might be a bit of a daredevil nerd. Hmm. In which case, you know, he's comparing with perhaps 20 years of comic book fandom with what's happening here and maybe dissatisfied. Okay. Uh, and the other thing is, like, he last year compared 
Jessica Jones and Daredevil and thought that Jessica Jones was the clearly superior comic book Netflix vehicle. Oh, which I, man. I don't strongly disagree, but I pretty much think that Jessica Jones was a weaker show st- structurally. It had... I mean, they both had higher highs and different, like, like this, the choreography yeah. on Daredevil, like, was hands, I mean, Jessica Jones almost had none. She just lay hands on a guy and throw him, and that was the choreography. Yeah, the chore- I would dare to say the choreography on that show was borderline bad. Uh, there's kind of, I I didn't really didn't like it, the, but the the the, la- the final episode had some pretty solid. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, shit. I noped out somewhere around ten. Yeah, it was a you know this like when she finally went against another super powered opponent, then she could kind of cut loose. Whereas before, she's gotcha. just kind of like you know it's it's kind of like when you wrestle with a three year old. <laughs> That's I, which I don't make a habit of. No, but let's, that, that, let's be honest. Well, you know, I, I know you're a father, sure. so you have more reason to wrestle three year olds. Yeah, than I do. but that's like I felt like that's what it was like. She's like, you know, just that's how you just kind of play fighting with them. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, nah, I I felt so. I kind of just go into this disagreeing with him, so it doesn't bother me that he's kind of he's not exactly meh. Right. He's just like not quite as good as season one, and also the problems haven't been fixed. But I never saw the problems in the first season as actual problems. I think there were small quibbles I had with the first season, but very small. I overall. do think my standard criticism of all these Netflix series is they really need to trim the fat. I mean, Daredevil had an episode or two worth of fat. Right. Jessica Jones arguably had four or five episodes worth of fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. It suffered. House of Cards suffers this way. Like I don't understand this thirteen. If you've got 10 episodes with the story, do it. Right. When, there, when there's no pressure to hit, like, these cycles or, like, seasonal things yeah. or selling advertising. Like, yeah. none of that is a concern for Netflix. So it's surprising that they don't yeah. trim it up. But, no, I thought uh, a pretty good start and surprising. Like, I, the way it moved um, right into the Punisher plot. Uh, didn't leave us hanging. Didn't make that a, like a couple episode mystery. To, I mean, yep. it's just bam, front and center. But I am a little bit worried that how many episodes can they have these guys going against each other and and both of them survive? Right. A little bit same way with Jessica Jones and the the Kilgrave storyline. Well, I I do know some things about the rest of the season that I'm not going to talk about here, but that that could keep the action going. Okay. Um. So. I don't know. I'm excited. I I think this show, I, I don't know. I really love season one. I think season two has a lot of potential. And this first episode kind of got the boring stuff out of the way, in my opinion. Do you think there'll be a set piece episode similar to the second episode of last season where it's I like, there's like going to be a signature stunt that everyone's going to be talking about? I hope so. I do too. I hope so. It's a tough thing to match that first one though. And I, I don't want sure. them to go for it and fail and it'd be obvious. That's one thing I think Banshee's been really successful. Every season, subsequent season, has found a way to top the intensity of the fights from the season before. Right. I think introducing a guy who uses guns might help sure. in and, that regard. And, and the gun kata choreography was pretty sweet. Like, I, we didn't talk about that, but yeah. Daredevil just coming within inches of getting his head blown off <laughs> like four or five times. It's like fencing with a shotgun. Yeah. And I do openly wonder what a, a, a guy with supernatural hearing is going to do when a 12-gauge goes off inches from a skull. I, I assume he blocks that out somehow. I, I, th- I feel like that, yes, they've established it just by sur- to survive. He has to be able to do that to some extent, but still. I mean, physically, the vibrations on the his blast, ears would, yeah. and, would and cause I wonder, damage. 
I noticed that in his helmet, and I don't know if this was the same as last year, but probably, but he, they have these like cutouts for his ears that right. have like almost it looks like there might be active electronics in there. I was thinking that too. Like yeah. I wonder if that, um, you know, the Forrest Gump uh, armor stitcher that he's got, it has like put some kind of enhancements to where it's like welder's goggles. Like, you know, it lets him hear everything, but it's like a, just a sudden increase in the intensity. It like dampens it. Maybe could could be like a three sixty sort of thing. Like it, it would be nice if they would add something like that. Like when he's wearing his helmet, um, and a bomb goes off, it's going to protect his hearing, but it's also not going to obstruct it. Like it's some kind of noise canceling thing to where it can protect his hearing selectively. I do wish they'd play with that a little bit more. Yeah. Like play with the weaknesses of this superpower. Sure, you know, and they really don't. They just kind of make him not have a weakness yeah well uh, but it's because of his blindness you know it goes to extreme like in the ben affleck version of daredevil it's like the guy's weakness is loud sounds well it's too bad you're fighting in new york city because (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are no quiet parts people are shooting guns and stuff at you like you can't have your superhero wet in his bed every single time that you know someone tries to take a shot at him either all right, yeah. uh, shall we get to feedback? Let's do it. You can send feedback into daredevil at baldmove.com or on forums. I actually, this morning, took the trouble of creating 13 new show threads. Jesus. Um, so they're all ready to go. Uh, we can all silo up the feedback. No one has to get spoiled. Uh, forums.baldmove.com or daredevil at baldmove.com. First up, Chris P. Uh, wants to talk about the Daredevil's fit in the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe. Daredevil is set within the MCU, as is Jessica Jones, the upcoming Luke Cage, and the Iron Fist series, all culminating in a quote-unquote Defenders team-up miniseries, um, or made-for-Netflix movie, depending on which rumor is true. Hmm. I kind of hope it's a made-for-Netflix movie. I didn't hear this rumor. This is the first news for me. Uh, And I think that that's... Having a 13-episode of these guys palling around doesn't seem like it would work but an annual team-up movie that's two hours long sounds pretty tasty okay uh some say it's odd that these mature series take place in the same universe as the avengers movies but this is where i point out that the marvel cinematic universe is modeled after actual comic books frankly i'm very interested to see how daredevil pans out in popularity as a series delves further into the mystic and away from the gritty grime crime drama aspects but speaking as a diehard fan I couldn't be happier to see these true representations of the characters and world I've loved my entire life. Uh, my ears perked up when he says, because I don't know much about Daredevil, when he says the series delves further into the mystic. Uh, I'm scared hmm. because uh, I think that's something that might lose you. Could. And could. also it's not something that I, I really like the gritty crime drama of this series. And... But I do know that the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting next year is going to feature fucking Doctor Strange. The I won't be checking that out. Wizard Supreme. Yeah. You don't want to see Benjamin B- Bender Dick it... comes a bunch in robes, Harry Potter robes, shooting spells? No, yeah. fuck no. <laughs> no. Uh, what if he guest stars for an entire half season of Daredevil? Oh, God fine if they can keep it grounded somehow i don't know I, I, I don't like, know, i'm like, not opposed to it i just have no interest in it and that's like i is daredevil got a mystic background or is it like iron fist has got the mystic background and he might have to da- like that's fine if right. you got some guy who's got a magic wand up his ass that you have to suffer through a movie or a, a buddy series every once in a while but i don't know that i want daredevil fighting even like ninja magic 
I think they should just do like a Mortal Kombat crossover and get like Scorpion in there. Get over here, Daredevil. Yeah, if he th- someone throwing a spear is fine. If or, he, you know, get uh, Katana if he actually or takes Molina. His, if he takes or... his skin off and he reveals his fiery skull <laughs> and then, you know, consumes him with his demon fire, no, I don't want that in Daredevil. I mean, they've essentially got Jax in there already with uh, Luke, Luke Cage. <laughs> so I'd say go, go whole hog. Yeah. Uh... Maybe get Ryu and Ken in there as well. A little Street Fighter action. Sure, sure. Uh, Luke Cage. I can already see it because he already had a. Wasn't it Johnny Cage? Yeah, Luke Cage. It's Johnny Cage's brother <laughs> from a different mother. Uh, okay, Michael McBee is our other intrepid. Um, you know these guys all get up and watch this shit day one, same as we. Apparently, um, I think they stayed up to watch it. I was tempted because I had a late four a.m. I had I I had a late uh I had a late uh I uh a uh, 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 like a Day. couple hours away from, I it was like about, an hour away it was about from two thirty when I passed out last night. That's and I, when you start thinking about. I it. started having yeah. it's like you know what I could push through, watch this, <laughs> get a power nap, do the podcast, and then you know, right, just sleep as soon as uh, yeah, no, it's that that would that would have been. You made the right choice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm too damn old for that shit anymore. Plus, you got to do lunch. You got to do Me being hungover and no sleep on a lunch might have been glorious, but it could have also been surly and defiant. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael McBee said, Netflix is definitely the new AMC, right? They have a string of hits with Orange and New Black, Jessica Jones, House of Cards, and now Daredevil. I got to say, I was pretty meh on the whole episode until uh, until the first hit we saw from The Punisher. It set us up for a possible threat of the season till all of a sudden, as the episode is called Bang, um, how it ends. But I only got more interesting from there. We have the investigation that Matt and Foggy starts. You can see where a new trope of the show is going to manifest with Matt and Foggy going somewhere to talk to somebody, but not really talk to them, mm-hmm. only to have Matt listen in to what's going on around them. Then we had the introduction of the Punisher proper, and holy shit, is he intimidating when you see his fully loaded glory. Oh, fully lobed glory. I, I hope they go. They do make that a trope, and every time he hears something kind of foul, like, yeah. oh, guy went through body armor thick as my dick, next time it's like, sure. I don't know, oh, we'll chap my fucking butthole, because yeah. this shit's gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> His, this guy's wearing a trench coat blacker than the inside of my ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like every day he just gets progressively worse, and by the end, Daredevil's kind of like, I don't know if yeah. I want to listen. I, yeah, this is the same cops from these last four. Maybe episodes. the cops know somebody's somebody's <laughs> eavesdropping, so they're just making it so people have to projectile vomit when they listen to him. Uh, by the way, uh, if you're just joining us, the Bald Move Industries, uh, you are going to hear a lot of cracks about the Punisher's earlobes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and because because something I noticed watching. Uh, the Walking Dead is that John Bernthal has abnormally large earlobes. It's when, especially when he shaves his head, they really they get really pop. Yeah. When he had the curly hair, it's kind of hot. There is it's like you know a, a, a little. It's like a bear hiding in the bushes. You couldn't see the full, but you know you remove the bush and suddenly it's a grizzly bear coming at you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not mocking the gentleman. He's a very handsome character. In fact, I think the source of his power and charisma is the lobes. It's like Samson. Okay. He stores they, they they swell with his magnetism. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Imagine what he's gonna look like when he's eighty. They're like a musk land, you know. It's like they're just like. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, people are gonna be scratching their head wondering what the fuck we're talking about. But there was a whole long jo- joke about Shane and his 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 lobes. Yeah. And... Go listen to season two of Walking Dead if you really want to know. Yeah. Or watching Dead rather. Yeah. 
Uh, so there. Anyway, his fully lobed glory is showing uh, that he may not be flat out as good at hand-to-hand fighters Daredevil, but he's definitely a military-minded individual having a simple plan of attack, and when that falls through, he has a backup plan. Even mm-hmm. after that goes bad, he's still prepared for Daredevil in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're interesting yin-yang kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of respects. And I'm almost wondering, because the other thing is, I know in the trailers we saw them having kind of monologuing at each other, and this first confrontation was so explosive, I wonder how they're going to plausibly slow it down to where they have a philosophical discussion about their differences and approach to the crime problem of Hell's Kitchen. Right. I, I imagine... We don't know a lot about what the Punisher is doing, what what this guy in the black trench coat is doing. Um, we know that he has shot up a bunch of gangs. Yeah. But what is his his motivation? Sure. You know? And I think maybe that will come into play very soon. Uh, I, I imagine that's going to be one of the first things Matt kind of tries to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of because when they first came into conflict, I thought that the Punisher was going to try to be like, hey, we're on the same side, man, like not get the fact that Daredevil is afraid to kill people. Yeah. Uh, but no, they didn't. They just went at it and, and uh, the Punisher tried to kill Daredevil. So he doesn't have any kind of warm fuzzies about the work, the good work that he's done so far. Right. And it makes me wonder, like, are they going to have the Punisher kind of push Daredevil toward the killing direction? Like... Is he going to try to get him to kill people? Or I wonder because you're right. He, Matt Murdock is afraid to kill people. Not yes. not un. He's only unwilling because he thinks it'll become too easy. Right? Yeah, I think like, he's got a little bit of that Batman thing going for him. Yeah. If I starts like if I, if I decide slope. to kill this guy, then the next guy is going to be even easier. Yeah. And then pretty soon I'll just be preemptively killing everybody. Yeah. So can the Punisher push him toward that direction? Maybe that'll be a conflict. I don't know. I don't know. But also, I wonder, from from an origin story perspective, whether... Like, it'd be kind of cool if Daredevil's half-measures... Like, let's say he beat up a guy, and that guy went on, back on the street six months later, and he ended up doing something that caused um, Frank to, to lose somebody important. So it's like, is it a... Oh, pr- wow. Is he actually... Yeah. Does he actually... Because, like, just whipping out a gun and killing the guy the first time you meet him... That is a pretty extreme reaction. Sure, this, it's almost like it's, there, it's almost like he's like not like, hey, I've read this guy in the papers and yeah, I like what he's doing, but he doesn't go far enough. Yeah, it's like there's a personal thing, like hmm. fuck you, man. Okay, um, all right, or maybe he's just defending himself against a psychotic guy dressed as a devil. Maybe <laughs> who knows? Is New York <laughs> a stand your ground? Him in the head. <laughs> is New York a stand your ground state? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen's a stand-your-ground neighborhood. Hell they, yeah, it uh, is. They even have signs all over. Uh, all right, that's it. We That's all we got for the first episode. We will be back Monday yep. for episode two. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to have a new episode for you until the for the duration of the Daredevil Crisis. Yep. Until the Daredevil Crisis abates, which we think is probably 13 episodes. Until Hell's Kitchen cools off. <laughs> until, it, until we're done cooking and <laughs> until we've wrecked the kitchen <laughs> and we've destroyed our souffle. Uh, we'll be back every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Send feedback daredevil at baldmove.com or on forums.baldmove.com. And we will see you next week. See you.